Welcome to Intelligogy with Tracy Browder, where together we are disrupting educational normalcy. It is Monday Matters, and I have with us the amazing Marlena Gross-Taylor of Gladiators. Hey, friend, how are you? Hey, Tracy, I am great. Awesome. Well, we are glad you're here. Listeners, if this is your first time joining Monday Matters, I, I said it last week, where have you been? Um, we, we are discussing some amazing truths that Marlena shared in an Edge of Gladiators chat. And each week we've taken a look in depth at each of those truths that the global pandemic COVID-19 has exposed. So I'm going to read them to you. Um, truth number one is... And and these are Marlena's truths that she shared in the chat. Truth number one, equity is still a thing. Truth number two, schools are still considered daycares to parents in the community. Truth number three, being teachers is not as easy as parents think. Truth number four, which is what we will discuss today, educators deserve more pay and respect. Can you say that again? <laughs> Especially the pay part. <laughs> and truth number five, testing isn't the answer. So Marlena, you know, this is the point where I turn it over to you. Talk to us about educators deserve more pay and respect. So I would say probably one of my favorite, all-time favorite skits um, if you like skits is key and peel. And this happened a couple of years ago. And one of them actually follows me on Twitter now because of that. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, when they did a sketch, a comedy sketch on if teachers were treated like NFL players. And so they had a, a, a skit about the draft was happening and I can, I can share it with you, Tracy, you can put it in the show notes. But a draft Please was do. happening and, um, you know, and the teachers were were on deck to see where what school they would go to. And they were getting these amazing salaries. And when I saw that sketch uh, or that skit, I just, you know, it just made my heart feel good because I shared it on my social media. And this was, like I said, a couple of years ago um, when they still had their their weekly show. And I was like, this is how it should be. This is a profession that teaches every other profession, all of our great doctors, scientists, musicians, artists, all of the greatest minds had a teacher. And in the United States anyway, that is, this is probably one of the most least respected professions. And, and the reason why I say least per, uh, respected is because we put our money where our priorities are. And education has always to me been severely underfunded and that includes teacher salaries, uh, our support staff salaries, and our leadership salaries. So um, that kind of sparked that kind of hard truth because once we became into, once we went into COVID, remote learning, parents um, were having to be uh, quasi remote learning teachers for their kids, our facilitators. We saw more and more posts as educators of parents saying especially our parents who have a larger platform. So like our stars, our, our TV personalities or what have you saying like, oh my gosh, my teacher deserves, you know, a million dollars or my kids' teachers deserve a million dollars or what have you, because they realize how hard this profession truly, truly is. So one of the hard truths, as, I, as you mentioned, um, that I had in that particular tweet was just that that our teachers, our educators, our support staff, 
they deserve more pay and respect that goes along with this. And I think COVID has definitely elevated the respect level. Now it's time for our communities, our government to put the money where, uh, where, where their mouth is and show that respect in that way. And do you think that would ever even happen? Well, you know, I, I, I've shared with a couple of my friends and I, I can't remember if I've shared in some of our conversations, Tracy, there are a couple of things that I never thought would happen in my lifetime. Um, one was the Saints winning a Super Bowl. Who day? <laughs> the second was having a black president in my lifetime with President Obama. And the third, seeing a, a, a second civil rights movement with the uh, George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter. I would add this as a fourth. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen because it absolutely has to happen. Um, because in the fall, when we go back, we won't have a we won't have a vaccine. We won't have a drug therapy treatment that's effective against COVID-19. And as we are pressured as school districts to go back into schools, we have to make sure that we are showing that respect and we're valuing our teachers and our support staff um, and our leaders where it counts, which truly is pay. Um, I, I think it can happen because it has to happen. If not, we're going to have a mass exodus more than what we've already experienced in the teaching profession. Um, and so, yes, I do. I do think it will happen. And I think I will be adding that as my number four and my things I never thought would happen in my lifetime. <laughs> well, I certainly hope we see that when some things like COVID and uh, some other things I, I hope we don't see again, but I, I am totally on board with you right there. You know, um, the thing about education and educators is there is like, I'm, I'm glad that the awareness has been heightened, but even with parents teaching their kids in the midst of COVID-19, there's still so much more that they don't know, that they still have no idea um, that, that we have to do to kind of keep the institution of education going, the, the advocacy, mm-hmm. the planning, the learning, the meetings, the work, the grading, the, the IEPs, just the, the list is endless um, in what it takes to teach. And, and we haven't even approached the subject yet of the amount of money that teachers spend of their own. Um, I worked in one school district where we did receive a supply stipend, and that was the only district that I, I've worked in three school districts, and that was the only district, my first district, that offered that. Um, so, you know, the the salary in and of itself is so much lower com- when you compare it with other professions. Um, but... It, so, so the salary is low and then we're spending almost all of our paycheck on the classroom. So Correct. the money that we're bringing home to pour into our families is really next to nothing. Um, what, what, what do you feel about that? I think that that is exactly true, um, especially our support staff who end up, you know, making less than minimum wage. Um, most support staffs, if you look at the statistics, most support staff, they actually make anywhere from, uh, you know, twelve to $16,000. So think about our 
educational assistants and our, our, our bus drivers and our other groups that, you know, truly, um, they truly make a difference in how we run our school day. They're working with our neediest students even, and they're paid the least. They're absolutely paid the least. So just taking it from that perspective, they're not making a minimum living wage. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's kind of hard to live off of $12,000 a year. And just thinking what that breaks down to a month, that's very, very difficult to do. It's impossible to do. And and then we have those folks that are taking two and three jobs, um, two and three jobs to make ends meet with their own families, you know? So when we look at it, just the support staff, there's a need there because our support staff has been, uh, many of our, our job families of our support staff have been integral in this remote learning and will continue to be an important part of uh, when we open schools in whatever way that looks like. Um, but for teachers, for teachers, most of our teachers don't make a professional wage. Right now, current research shows that a professional wage is a minimum of $50,000. And most of our first-year teachers do not make $50,000. And uh, coupled with that, they have some pretty high student loan uh, bills as well. So how do we we encourage our young people to take out these, these student loans? And many of them are going to, wanting to be the best at what they do. And so they're going to universities that are, are pretty expensive because they want to be the best, right? And they can't pay it back because they're not even making a professional living wage, right? Um, so there's some there's some different areas that we definitely need to improve and show support. Um, also, you mentioned planning. You know, I did see some comments from parents saying, "Well, if I'm teaching my kids all day, what are teachers doing?" And I think that's the that's the wrong approach. Mm-hmm. Again, that's reflective of school being the common experience, and because we've all experienced it as students, we think we know everything about it. That is incorrect. It actually takes more planning to do virtual and blended learning than it does in class because teachers lose that ability to be able to pivot and bring out resources, go grab a book, pull up whatever, you know, as conversations in the learning um, might might take a turn to for deeper learning or whatever it might be. So it actually takes more planning because there is not that uh, face to face interpersonal interaction. You know, absolutely. And so many of us for so long, we couldn't even get into our school building. So we were that that authentic, true old school teaching that you and I have talked about, best practices yes. teaching, um, n- no worksheet type teaching, even like there was so much thought that went into the planning because especially in the lower grades, um, we had to develop learning guides that parents could facilitate, that they could understand. So the level of specificity that went into creating a document that parents could help facilitate the learning, um, teachers turned on a dime. And and I, I know for one, I worked and am working harder and longer um, because mm-hmm. of COVID-19 than I ever did in the classroom, um, creating tutorials for parents on the learning guide, creating resources and, and being available to answer questions and still plan with the team and then still plan the content that I have to plan and Um, instructional videos that the kids can watch where I kick off the learning for the week. So they're still hearing from me and 
the the engagement piece of interacting with the kids. So what teachers were doing, and, and you're right, I saw some of those comments too. And it's, you know, I kind of just have to filter out the noise. And, and thankfully, on the flip side, there were so many parents who were cheerleaders for us and have been cheerleaders for us. But, but those who make those kinds of comments, it, it's hurtful because we know how hard we are working and how much we want this to be this to have been as easy of a process as possible for parents in an unimaginable situation. Um, you mentioned, Marlena, the 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 ridiculously um, almost insulting salary of support teachers, and there are high school kids who can get a job and make more money mm-hmm. than a support staff person. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's not okay. And that's not taking anything away from the high school student getting a job. It's just, like you said, where are our priorities? The, these We can't do what we do without the support system in place. They are the foundation, the backbone, the behind the scenes, what you don't see. They're the ones who also keep the educational day running. We cannot do what we do without the support staff. It, it, it just cannot happen. So for them to be paid what they're paid, and, and in many districts, Marlena, um, support staff did not get paid. Um, mm-hmm. and You're so right. You're right. I, I saw people who I know um, baking things, trying to sell and trying to make money. And that breaks my heart. So um, as we go about our normal days and we're still getting our paychecks, you know, what about the support staff? Um, and, And we have to advocate. And I think we have to advocate as educators and stop just kind of patiently waiting for others to advocate for us. Um, you know, we have unions and like you mentioned, the the people who have bigger platforms, but what are we doing as educators and what can we do, Marlena, as educators to have our voices heard? Awesome. So I, that's a great question. I think, first of all, we need to be just as um, we can take a we can take a, a page out of the protesting book of not just Black Lives Matter matters, but also of our teachers that were striking. Um, before COVID, mm-hmm. before all of this, if you remember, every state was going through their version of teacher strikes of wanting, you know, higher pay. And yes, they would mention sometimes about our support staff, but we need to start looking at it together. I think that's the first thing we need to, when we're advocating for uh, educational um, increases in funding, we need to advocate it together, not just teachers, but the support staff. And I think that's the first step. But to do that would mean that you and I talk about how we value our educational support staff. And I know that is um, that is something that many people do and say. But yet there's a there is a a distinct click when you go into schools of, oh, that's just the EA or they're just the bus driver or they're just the janitors, you know, our custodians. Mm -hmm. And right now the custodians are the superheroes right oh now, my goodness. you know, I mean, we cannot even think about going back to our buildings to grab things that we needed when we were able to do that in our, in our respective districts, when we were in remote learning, even going back now to, um, you know, to get ready for some of us getting ready for the year or to um, handle end of year tasks, you know, 
Yeah. We can do without our janitors, but has anyone yeah. thought, thought to pay janitors at least hazard pay for going in in unsafe conditions? When we go and in together add, in the fall, have we are we going to get hazard pay? Mm-hmm. And 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 back to the custodian, um, there are so many districts who focus on energy savings, and they don't have on the air conditioning in the summer. So these custodians are working in 100 degree plus weather outside um, in a building with no AC and um, the rate of pay that they're that they're working at and at the extra level of the sanitation, the extra level of sanitation that they have to do. um, What who's talking about that? Who's advocating for them? Um, You know, and you can look at our cafeteria staff. Um, It's just endless. kids have to eat what what part what component of education was essential during COVID-19 besides teaching keeping the meals going Mm -hmm. so our, our our cafeteria staff worked tirelessly through this whole process and they are exceptionally underpaid so I I hope this conversation is really igniting some 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 fire around um, continuing the work of the advocacy. And you're absolutely right. I do remember um, before COVID-19 that there were several states um, where teachers were um, proactively advocating for changes and improvement in salary. We, we have so to. much work to do. We, I mm-hmm. know. And we just absolutely have to. So I think advocating together is the first piece of that, right? Um, making sure we don't separate it to the point where, you know, where we're trying to separate into cliques because we all have to lock arms however we are to return, whenever we are to return, um, because we still have to feed kids. We still have to keep, you know, buildings running. We still have to teach our kids. Um, another another point I wanted to make when you were talking about, um, you know, our, our custodians going in is, you know, a building, a school building is much like a house. You don't see a house age until it's empty. Have you ever noticed that, Tracy? If you see a vacant house, it starts aging a lot quicker if no one is living Mm -hmm. in it. School buildings, uh, and an engineer friend told me this, he said, our school buildings are meant to be run. They're, they're, They're even like the human body. Our human body gets better the more we exercise, right? School buildings are much the same way. And even when things are breaking down in the months now that buildings have been closed, our, we've had to have uh, staff in our respective districts to go in and fix that water leak, fix you know mm-hmm. that AC that might have gone out or that boiler or whatever it might be. So I, I just want to point out again, it is so there are so many moving parts to running a school district, to running an individual building, that it's important that we advocate together. Um, but I will say for the for the purpose of the the conversation of the chat that we were having, our educators need to be paid more. They absolutely need to be paid more and they need to be treated with more respect by families and communities. And I think COVID has definitely helped with the respect part, um, because when we do go back, we know there's going to be kids that will have to remain online with their learning. So I think those partnerships will continue to grow and uh, and deepen. Um, But we definitely need to address that. All of our districts, no matter where you are, you're probably facing budget cuts because of the lack of revenue from our economy um, that we rely on to make payroll, to be quite honest. 
most teachers don't understand that. Most leaders don't understand that um, unless they're at the district level and depending on where they are at the district level. Um, so we're facing massive budget cuts because of lack of revenue, yet the responsibility hasn't changed. If anything, the responsibility of all of our job families as teachers, as support staff, as leaders has increased. So to me, this is where particularly our federal government and our state government can adjust their priorities, especially now, so we can have the funding we need in all of our schools. There's not a teacher, there's not a leader, there's not a support staff, there's not a district office staff that should be cut right now especially now, especially now. And I don't feel that, that, that our, that our government, federal and state, I don't feel that they are shifting their priorities as we've had to shift as educators, our priorities to making sure our kids are safe, their mental uh, health well-being is, is also cared for and their academics. You know, Marlena, as you say that there's, there's something that has weighed on me for so many years. And I don't know if it falls under the respect category or I really don't know where it falls. But as we talk about this, I can't help but think about it. It's just stirring in me. Um, and, and when I say this, it is absolutely positively not to take away from our first responders, uh, paramedics, firemen, law enforcement. Um, But I I feel like when it comes to um, violence in schools, um, you know, mass shootings, I just have to call it what it is. And every time I say that, it just makes me sick at the stomach um, to even think about it. But that phrase to even think about it. We think about it every single day. The lenses we look through to protect our students, I, I, I think I think the community doesn't think about how much we have to think about um, mm-hmm. mass shootings. Like even I, I love our parents, I love our community, but I am always vigilantly looking at people like in the mornings, our doors are open and people can come in, especially I'm thinking on a Monday. I don't know what happened in your house this weekend. I Mm -hmm. I don't know if, 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 if there's some unresolved issues, I don't know if there's a custody battle and, and you're, or or if there's a divorce and, and you're thinking the unthinkable and, bring that into the school. So that that's just the parent side of the fence. That doesn't even, we haven't even started on um, students who unfortunately initiate um, the, these types of situations. So as educators, we are all, it, it's not just about teaching anymore. It's about keeping kids, keeping teachers safe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm always, I'm, I teach, I, I teach kindergarten, Marlena, and I, t- I have to teach my kids how to keep a really, really tight line. And, and you always teach them to stay together, but now it's with a totally different purpose. Like, I need you all right here close together mm-hmm. so that if we have to dip into a room, if, if I have to 
quickly get everybody somewhere safely. They are all right here in a tight line. But see, people don't think about um, what what we have to do every day. Um, that I, I'm always looking at, okay, where are we? Where is my exit? Where are we? Where can I get to safely? So when we talk about respect, it even just goes deeper than that, that I think people, I mean... Like I said, not taking anything away from first responders, but we are there. We are with the kids before the first responders get there. So what does that make us? And and I mean, my, my husband has said in tears, I know my wife will die and lay down her life protecting these kids. Um, mm-hmm. And so. So how do we you know, how do we show our respect for that when, when we're yeah. paying people minimum wage? I mean, how many school shootings? You know, has there been other support staff that in, that intervened? You know, mm-hmm. in, in addition to teachers, you know, um, we have to start treating. We have to start treating our our educators. We have to start treating them with the respect that they deserve and pay them as such, because it is hazard pay. I agree with you. It is first responder. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. You know, and until we start doing that. We're gonna. We're just not gonna be where we think we need to be. Yeah, and I. I it. It saddens me that education is always at the bottom of the barrel. And you know, when you were talking about um, the 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 young teacher who went to college and 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 has student loans, I actually saw a post, and I. It was a couple of years ago. I know I have a screenshot of it because it really pulled at my heartstrings. There was this teacher, young teacher who. Um, went through her schooling, got the student loans, got a job, and she immediately realized, I can't live like this. I can't I, I, I can't pay back my student loans on this salary and live and do the things I choose to do in my life. So before she even got started, she left the profession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how many times does that happen? So we've, we've got work to do. We, we've got work to do. Um, we certainly do. We certainly do. And it's important that we have, um, that we have everyone on board so they understand. And I think, you know, I guess, you know, the point of, of my particular tweet on that was to say that with COVID, we understand, uh, I hope, I pray that communities, parents understand, truly understand what teachers and support staff and leaders are having to do and that they, um, they respond in kind with the respect and pay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they have a different lens than just when they were a student. Absolutely. Because like you said in our previous conversation last week, and I think you mentioned it today too, that you know the lenses that you look through as a parent, having been a student in school, there's so much more to teaching than just here, here's a piece of paper, sit down and do the work. Um, right. that, that's actually only a tiny fraction of, of the work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Marlena, as we prepare to close this, this thought-provoking conversation, um, do you have any final thoughts? I would just say that for our, our teachers and support staff and leaders, stay encouraged. I am a firm believer that being an educator is a calling. I'm a firm believer of that because there is no Mm -hmm. other reason on God's green earth 
that we would do this if we were not <laughs> compelled and had an incredible passion for kids. Mm-hmm. So stay encouraged, stay encouraged, because we will get through this. We always have and we always will. And we know that what we're doing is what's best for kids and we'll always be able to go to sleep at night because of that. To our families, to our parents and our community members, please, when you see a a tax measure on your local ballot, especially now, because I guarantee you almost every district in America will have to put some type of tax measure on their local ballots, pass it. Vote yes for it because you're voting yes for your kids. Please don't think, well, my kids are out of the district or my kids are grown or why should I do this? Because especially as we get older, well, I'm going to talk like that, like like my family in Louisiana. When you're old, you need people to take care of you. (laughs) You want those people to take care of you and they haven't had a solid education and additional training. Would you want Mm -hmm. them? to take care of you when you're at your weakest, when you're old and you have one foot in the grave. Vote yes. Fund your future. Fund your future. Vote yes. Mm -hmm. Support your schools. Reach out. Parents, please have grace with with your teachers, with your kids' teachers, because they have kids too. Most of them do. And no one's really talking about that fact that they're doing all these things for other people's kids. Oftentimes, um, by not doing things that they should as parents with their own. So please, 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 please have grace with your schools, with your district leaders, um, and with your teachers um, as we figure out how to move forward in this pandemic era. All of that, Marlena, um, just such good advice from the heart. Um, so, so friends, I'm I'm not going to add anything anything to that. Marlena hit it all. <laughs> so. Um, Marlena, I'd like to thank you for joining me again at Monday Matters on Intelligogy, the podcast. Today, we covered educators deserve more pay and respect. And, and I, I, listeners, I hope I hope you feel enlightened. That's, that's really what this discussion was about, is to kind of give you a behind the scenes look into why Marlena shared that truth. So hopefully we're shedding some light on the subject. And if you have any questions or you want to connect with Marlena, would you like to tell listeners how to do that, Marlena? Absolutely. You can find me on all the social media platforms. Simply just type in Marlena Gross Taylor. You can also go to my website, um, MarlenaTaylor.com, and you are able to find me and connect to my social media there. Reach out. Um, You can go to Edge Gladiators. Type that in all of your social media. You will find us there, but reach out. Um, Do know you're not in this by yourself, whether you're an educator, a parent, um, a leader, community member. Reach out. Um, find out the information you need so you can be a, a truly a partner with your schools um, in your area so we can make sure that our kids continue to have access to the best education available. Thank you, Marlena. Friends, we'd like to uh, thank you for joining us at Intelligogy, the podcast where together we are disrupting educational normalcy. Until next time. Thank you, Marlena. Thank you, Tracy.